Hello everybody, welcome to your Blood Red podcast. I'm Andy Kelly, I'm joined today by James Pierce, and uh, I'm joined by Christian Walsh and we're here to preview what uh, is normally uh, pretty much the game of the season for a lot of fans. Um, James, you've been up to Melwood today, uh, Jurgen Klopp's been doing his pre-match press conference, loads of interesting things, um, but primarily uh, he was looking at, you know, ahead to this United game and he's expecting a special atmosphere in the ground. Uh, and he was keen that it, he wasn't trying to play it down at all, was he? Yeah, I think that was quite refreshing, really. I think, you know, you're so used to, can when big games come along, managers say, you know, it's just another game, it's, it's only worth three points. But Klopp didn't even attempt to go down that, that road. He, he said, you know, it, it is special, it is different from other games. And he said, he said yeah, you know, the challenge is to take all those special things and then to channel that into our normal style of play. And you know, we talked about you know, you, you know, the atmosphere again, and I think he's drummed that up before every, you know, the other two home games this season where you know, he, he obviously feels as if you know, the, that support Liverpool have had at the, the bigger New, New Anfield has played its part and he, and he thinks that can have a part to play again on, uh, on Monday night. He was, he was very bullish in good spirits, um, you know, laughed things off when... Uh, I think we had a bit of pop music blaring out from someone's phone for about 30 seconds of the press conference. I believe Nicky Minaj, I believe, from, Minaj, right. from Christian Walsh right, uh, yeah, told yeah. me that. Louis knows, Walsh over here. He knows his Minaj. Um, so, so, yeah, no, I think you could just sense that, you know, that he's, you know, apart from anything else, you know, he, he loves these big occasions, doesn't he? I think, you know, that this is, this is what drives him on and, um, you know, it doesn't get any bigger than Liverpool, Manchester United, Anfield. Christian, everyone's, you know, especially with the international break, we mentioned in the previous pod this week, you know, how dire that's been and, and how we can't wait to get back to what most of us view as proper football. And uh, fans are just, you know, the excitement's building. I know you're not working on Monday. You were scrambling around for a ticket earlier successfully. And that's what all fans are doing, aren't they? If they're not boxed off, they're trying to get a ticket. And, you know, the countdown's on to, you know, what should be just a totally mouth-watering clash, isn't it? It's huge, isn't it? You think back to the uh, the Europa League ties; they, they were they were phenomenal games. I mean, obviously, coming from a, a Liverpool perspective, people will say that United probably don't think it was so phenomenal, but that really felt like it reignited something in that rivalry because it become quite uh, adenine and it become a little bit you know sterilised over over the past couple of years. You know, you had Van Hal and and obviously with, uh, with with Brendan as well. You know, not necessarily anything against the managers, but it just become battle between fourth and fifth and and. Even though, obviously, you know United finished fifth, Liverpool finished eighth last season. To have something like the Europa League, you know, obviously again it elevated it, but it felt like a Champions League game, didn't it? And it felt like there was something really at stake, and that's what this game's about as well. It's 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 it is Liverpool versus Manchester United, uh, but but more than that, you, you get the feeling that it, it it's it's a battle between two potential title challenging teams here. Obviously, Jurgen Klopp and you know, I imagine Jose Mourinho would be keen to play down that aspect of it if if you asked them. Obviously, Jurgen was asked in the press conference, you know, are the you know what does this mean? He said, you know, no one's ever won the title sixteen points before, and quite right he is. But you get a feeling that for Liverpool to go six points clear of Manchester United at this stage of the season, even even now, is a is a is a fair blow to, to United. Some of the players on. Show as well. I know United haven't been firing on all cylinders, and you know this is a Liverpool Echo podcast. We're not there to blow smoke up their backsides, but you know you've got players like Paul Pogba and Zlatan Ibrahimovic who are going to grace that Anfield pitch, and you know a part of the allure of you know you go back to the big Champions League nights under Rafael Benitez, and even you know partly the uh, 
the big uh, the big Europa League games last season with Dortmund. The allure is the is the opposition and 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 the the players who are running out there, and it just makes both the players and the crowd raise their game a little bit. Make no mistake, you know the Liverpool fans are paying their money to watch Liverpool on Monday night, and and there's plenty to to get the money's worth from Mane and Coutinho, Firmino, and Sturridge and and whatnot. But at the same time, you know, seeing the world's most expensive player on the pitch in in Paul Pogba just rises that uh, the volume levels up a little bit more, I imagine, and just makes everyone try that little bit harder. James, the Liverpool needed that Europa League uh, win last year, not least to obviously keep their season going to a certain extent, but also they'd lost the last four league games to United, which is never a, an enjoyable thing. Um, I don't think either of the teams in this fixture have ever lost five league games on the trot, so no. that, that would be certainly not a record Liverpool would want. Um and you know it's not been made easier in terms of preparation than uh, with the you know question marks hanging over several of the players. No, you're right. I think you know I think probably what does help Liverpool is the fact that it is a Monday night game. I think you know as Christian touched upon, you know, the atmosphere for one will be better on a Monday night than I think it would have been if you have a, a Saturday lunchtime kickoff, which a lot you know this fixture has been a lot over the years. Um, and I think it also gives Klopp the extra couple of days. And we touched upon it at the press conference today. I think. You know, when Coutinho came back from the last internationals, um, you know he didn't start um, because of the, the short turnaround. I don't think that will be an issue this time around. I think Klopp said we've got four training sessions between between that press conference he did um, Friday and, and Monday night's game. So I think that plays into his hands. I think you know obviously there's been no sign of Lallana um, or Wijnaldum in training in the last couple of days, um, and I, I don't I just don't think with with the depth that Klopp's got this season, I don't think he needs to. He's not in a position where he has to take a chance on anyone. Um, so yeah, no, a few issues, but you know, I think you know you'd, you'd imagine Emre Chan would probably come in for Wijnaldum if he doesn't make it. Um, you know, you know, huge chance for Chan, who's had to bide his time after a frustrating start to the season. Obviously, a short pre-season, then picked up a couple of knocks, turned his ankle in that in that league, league cup tie. Um, so you know, he's not a bad replacement to come in. And then further forward, obviously, Lalana's been a you know a, a, arguably Liverpool's best player so far this season. But if he misses out. You know, I think I think he'll play Coutinho in that central attacking midfield role, where he's you know he flourished in that second half at Swansea there, and that may well open the door for for Sturridge to lead the line. So um, yeah, a few a few concerns, but you know I think you know, all season we've been talking about how strong the bench has been, and you know that that's this is when you look to those players on the fringes to to prove that Liverpool do have that strength and depth. Christian Chan came into the Germany side for that uh, huge game against France in the summer. Um, due to, to injuries in the Germany team. And he's pretty well against Pogba, I thought, in that game. I mean, it was the game of the tournament, I think, pretty much, wasn't it? Um, don't think any fans would have any real concerns about him coming in, barring the fact that we obviously haven't haven't seen much of him in terms of the problems he's had getting himself match fit after such a long Euros. I think you can forget how important he was to Jürgen Klopp's team towards the end of last season, and he was you know absolutely imperative in... And uh, if I remember, you know, certainly the Europa League run, uh, I think everyone was very much panicking uh, that he wouldn't be fifth for the Villarreal game, and I think they rushed them back, if I remember rightly. Um, Chan, I think, in the Villarreal game, he played the he played the yeah, cracking yeah, game. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he was really important in the Dortmund games before he uh, hurt his uh, ankle. So, um, you know, he, he's a very good player. It's just that it's just that rhythm that Jurgen Klopp talks about. He wants his players to be in a rhythm. That's why I don't think we'll see Wijnaldum. And I don't think we'll see Lallana. I hope I'm wrong because I think both of them are absolutely fantastic players, playing very well this season. But Jürgen de- deals with absolutes when it comes to injuries, and, and you have to have played those 
prerequisite uh, training sessions, and if you haven't, you're not you're not on the team. Chan hopefully has done that now. You know, he didn't get selected for the Germany squad because he's been in and out the Liverpool team, in and out with injury. Uh, so he's had a nice two weeks to to do that to um, to get ready. I think the only the only worry for me with Wijnaldum and Henderson wouldn't necessarily be Chan, but it would be the 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 the, the way the midfield is composed in general because. I would imagine if both of those are out, you'd look at Chan as the in the Henderson role, and then you'd have Henderson and maybe Coutinho ahead, which is fine. But at the same time, you're basically looking at a whole new midfield there. Now all those players know how to play in those roles, but they haven't played those roles this season. Um, you know, Emre Chan, I think against Barcelona, he played a little bit further forward, didn't he? He played ahead of Henderson. Um, which was interesting. Obviously, Coutinho is, has been playing in the front three more, and Henderson has been playing as, as that six. So everyone will sort of have to jiggle around a bit. And it was interesting hearing Klopp talk about, you know, sometimes in these sorts of big games, it, it takes a while to, you've got to be switched on from the first moments, and those little things can make a difference. And you just, that, that's my only worry about the midfield. And it's not just Chan, it'll be Coutinho and, and Henderson as well, that they're all, they will all have to acclimatise to a different position um, over. Over the, the the course of the game, you know the different 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 things. We know how much Klopp likes to drill into players, you know certain positions. We see how he whistles and you know does that lasso with his uh, with his finger. You just hope he's had enough time with uh, Chan to, to do that with him. Henderson Coutinho, I'm not too sure. James, we'll work backwards for Liverpool then, and we'll look, look back to the the defence and the goalkeepers before we look at how United might approach the game. Um, I mean, it was interesting that Klopp. Uh, managed to have his full, probably likely to be his full back five, if you like, stay yeah. at Melwood during the international break. Klein picked up his, what appears to be quite a minor injury and yeah, stayed yeah. behind. Obviously, uh, Dejan Lovren uh, didn't, uh, had a little problem, didn't go with Croatia. Uh, Matip isn't playing international football at the moment at his own behest. And uh, James Milner has retired. Uh, and Loris Karius was also there while Simon Mignolet went off to sit on the bench for Belgium. Um, do you think that, that you know there's a, a thought that you know all five of those will have been working a lot on on shape, but principally I suspect potentially on set piece defending as well, which could have a big factor in the game. Yeah, and I, and I think that that will be the back five. I think on on Monday night, I think obviously there'll be there'll be a debate over whether Mignolet should come back or whether Karius should should start. Um, you know, and I think I think it's a genuine debate after after the way Carrius performed at Swansea when he he did look nervous. He hasn't come off his line, um, and I think that will. I'm sure that's something that Klopp will have been working on at, at Melwood during the international break. Um, you know, I think I you know I, I don't think he's going to keep chopping and changing the keepers. So I think I think Carrius probably will start, um, but you know that is going to be a key area of the game set pieces because I I, I think Mourinho will set United up. To, to thwart Liverpool, you know, very similar to the way the way he behaved when he came with Chelsea. I think, I think they'll be set up to spoil, to slow the game down, at every opportunity, because um, he'll know, you know, how dangerous Klopp's team can be when they work up ahead of steam, and um, you know, and I think he'll be relying on on United's attacking prowess on the counter attack, and from set pieces because it has been such a glaring weakness for Liverpool, and um, you know, I think. That is a benefit, the fact that their back five have been at Melwood for the past fortnight. And and hopefully we'll see a, a big improvement because it's just about, you know, commanding your penalty box better. You know, and the same goes for the, the keeper and the and, and the defenders around him. Christian, big team United, aren't they, in terms of 
height. Uh, we've seen them score quite a few headers in the early part of the season, and perhaps miss more that they should have. They should have scored, and you wouldn't want them to have an on night on on that score on Monday. Um, it, do you think it's it, it that will be his setup plus potentially the pace of Marshall and uh, and Rashford if uh, if either gets uh, gets a start? I would imagine so. I think he would be targeting. I think he can hurt Liverpool both with with those two players out wide, uh, but certainly you know. Ibrahimovic, Pogba, Fellaini, those type of players are small and he's quite good in the air as well, isn't he? So it's 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 a bit of a concern. You know, I think Liverpool actually have got four games coming up where they're gonna to have to be very, very strong in the air. Um, because Man United are good in the air. You've got Tony Pulis, West Brom side, you have Wofford, who have obviously notoriously at Vicarage Road last season dominated Liverpool. And you've also got Crystal Palace, you know, with Christian Benteke and Wingers crossing balls in. So it's certainly it's going to be the first hard test of, of four games, I think, and, and it's, it's it'll 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 be just as hard in a way as as the big teams. I was going to say it's almost more interesting and more we'll say more about the development of the team mm. than the start of the season. I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think United will be the hardest game just in general because you've got the big game elements. You've got the the, the fantastic players like Pogba. You know, I know he's getting a lot of stick at the minute, but he's a brilliant player, Ibrahimovic. Um, but. You know the the three after that aren't easy either. So you know this idea that Liverpool have had this you know, really rough start in terms of how hard the fixtures are, but it'll all get easy after United. I, I, I don't see that at all. James, I mean, everyone massively wants to win on, on Monday, and and you always want to win your home games. And you know we've spoken before on the pod about trying to turn Anfield into a fortress again. I'm just wondering whether actually Mourinho needs to win more than Klopp does on Monday night, and whether you know. A point for, for you know a point for Liverpool, another you know big game negotiated. I suppose it it, it depends, it, you know, if you knew in advance how they were going to go against those future games. You you know your uh, your Palaces and your Watford. If 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 you thought if those could be negotiated uh, successfully with three points, then you know point against United wouldn't be bad. But you know what we heard from Klopp today was you know you need to use Anfield and uh, suspect that you know. He's only thinking about three points, isn't he? Yeah, I, th- I think a draw would be a better point, a better result for for United. I think, I think, I think if you offered Mourinho a draw now, he'd probably take it. I, I think, I think he'll set United up to try and ensure they don't lose, uh, and then they'll they'll look to try and, and nick something. Um, yeah, I think you know the, the the form that Liverpool are in at the moment. I think this game comes at a really good time for them. Um, you know, chasing a sixth straight win. Um, you know, you think what they've done to to Leicester and to Hull at home this season. Um, you know, it's still early days, but you know, uh, this you know they're they're enjoying themselves at this new Anfield. And I think with with this game being under the lights as well, uh, you know, the, the Liverpool Manchester United is always huge. And then you know you chuck Jose Mourinho in the in the away dugout, and it just adds an absolute e- extra dimension to this rivalry. Um, you know, you you think of. You know, the, some of the things he's said about Liverpool and the way he's conducted himself before and after games over the past 10, 12 years. Um, you know, it's it's just I think it just all adds to the, the sense of occasion on Monday night. And um, you know, I think when you're playing as well as Liverpool are playing at the moment, you know, there's I don't think anything less than three points well, that won't be on Klopp's mind because you know Liverpool are playing this exciting brand of attacking football. And, that they'll they'll be going to stamp their authority on the game from the start. Christian, one thing's for sure: if Liverpool are able to establish the sort of patterns of play that they they have when they played really well this season, that they've they've certainly got the weapons to bother United. Now, where they to go and on and win this game, you know, Jurgen Klopp's going to have 
and we, we all hope that that happens of course but your club got a very difficult job trying to tell most Liverpool fans that we're not in this race um, of course you've then got those three tough games you spoke about that can bring you back down to earth even if you ride a wave on, on Monday night even, even then though I, I think if Liverpool beat Manchester United on Monday they should be favourites for the Premier League title in the betting Seriously? I do. What happens if, if City have not five past the Blues on Saturday? <laughs> well, OK, that's... But let's see, I, I just think, you look at the table and you go, that's a, that's a good start from Liverpool, that, isn't it? Well, that's, that you're, you're happy with that if, you, if you're Liverpool. And then you look at the fixtures and you look at Arsenal away, Chelsea away, Tottenham away, the champions Leicester at home, albeit they're having a bit of a, you know, a, bit of a wobble domestically, uh, Swansea away... Um, and then Manchester United at home, and then you look at the table and you go, well, you know, and, and we've just had the caveats of different type of team that they've gone after facing Watford and West Brom, and and obviously they haven't had a derby yet, and there's the big Man City game which we'll come on to on New Year's uh, Eve. But I, I don't think how I mean you look at what they've they've gone in from what nine nine ten to one into they're about nine to two now fifty to one if you got bet Victor yeah. uh, before the season yeah, or. Exactly. or, or... As, as we said, yeah, I think I did a blood red on that. And um, it's, you know, maybe, maybe I'm overemphasising a little bit, but I'd, 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 you, you can't not say Liverpool are not title contenders. And yes, it's very, very early on and a lot can happen. But, you know, we all accept that the, the, the Premier League of football, it's, it's organic, it's, it's, it evolves. So, you know, they might win 10 games and then you look very foolish. But as things stand... After eight games, if they beat, is it eight games? I think after eight games, if yeah. they beat Manchester United, they are massively in that title race, and it's a very early title race. The starters' pistol's only just gone, but at that point, you've got, you know, as Klopp said himself, he's alluded to it. You've got to be, you, you've got to be in there at the start to make sure that you've, you, you're in there at the end. And you know, they've had a very, very good start against some very, very hard teams. I think, you know, hindsight will also almost say that the Tottenham point is the most impressive result of all. Especially because they could have and should have had the three points. So it's yeah, big game. Anything somehow win. I say somehow. You know, it's not 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 like it's beyond the realms of possibility. Of course, I'd say they were favourites. If they can win that, then I think they're absolutely flying. James, uh, the Christian's point is emphasised, of course, by the fact that when City did have perhaps their first real test down at White Hart Lane. And they struggled against the Tottenham press, and uh, you know many people would say that was sort of like the first really big game they'd had the, the season, apart from United, of course, which they, they'd done pretty, you know pretty well in. Um, so I mean, we can look forward uh, now to, to to Liverpool City because uh, today we find out the uh, the fixtures over uh, Christmas and the New Year. Um, Christian, you had uh, had predicted correctly uh, this, but I hope I hope the future Mrs. Walsh and the the current Mrs. Pierce have been informed of your whereabouts on on uh, late into New Year's Eve. Um, Piers, some big changes for Liverpool. Obviously, that New Year's Eve uh, game against City goes to the five thirty BT game, and uh, the the derby before Christmas um, goes to the Monday night, but before Christmas, which you know is a you know a mouth watering prospect. Um, but we heard you know perhaps the the manager be. Far less impressed with the uh, with with some of the the spacings between the games. Yeah, it's you know I think I think Klopp started off his press conference. He was asked about winning manager of the month um, for September, and he said uh, he said you know it was it was nice until I until I saw the the new set of fixtures that had been released by the the TV companies, and you can understand his kind of anger and frustration because uh, you know I think it's forty four hours I think between 
finishing against Man City on New Year's Eve and, and, and walking out the stadium alike to, to play Sunderland on Monday, January the 2nd. And, uh, and I think Klopp just is baffled by it all. I think, you know, he, he said, you know, is January the 2nd a special day in this country? He said, you know, why, why would... And obviously, I think it is a bank holiday, isn't it, with, with the way that the Christmas and New Year falls. But even so, I mean, it is... It's utterly ridiculous for you know for 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 that to to happen and you know he talked about we're going to try and move it now I I think it's highly unlikely that it will get moved I think Sunderland would have to agree to it and if you're if you're David Moyes I don't think I don't think he's going to be in in any great rush to do Liverpool a favour on that front um, and obviously the Man City game is now cast in stone with that one being live on TV but you know I think and even probably the one that started December that's been moved you know I think. Is arguably just as disgraceful for travelling fans the fact that Liverpool played Bournemouth away on that on that first weekend in December at half one, and we've seen it a number of times in recent years. But it just it just reinforces the fact that they, that they just don't seem to give a jot about travelling fans. Of you know, good luck trying to trying to get public transport to Bournemouth for a lunchtime kickoff on a on a Sunday. I think it is. So it's um yeah I can I can understand why there's frustration from the fans and from. And from Klopp on on the fixtures that we've seen today. Going back to the Klopp, Klopp's bafflements just for a moment, it's um, I think it's someone I'm sure will correct me if I'm wrong here. But with the Bundesliga, they're all on television, so there is no need for the TV companies to play all this jiggery pokery and, and and switch things around and and, and move goalposts because they haven't got that rule where they can't have a, a three o'clock Saturday on on TV. Mm. So it's basically they have a couple that are sort of on a Sunday. They'll have a Friday night game, but by and large, it's all two thirty. Well, I think it's two thirty over there, maybe three thirty over there on a Saturday. So for him coming into this into this uh, country and and seeing some of the wonderful weird kickoff times, but yeah, it it is what it is, isn't it? And there's a big problem for Liverpool there because if I remember rightly, I think it was something similar last season involving Sunderland. I think they went over. I think they had Leicester. Uh, and then I think the TV companies moved um, Sunderland. No, it wasn't. There was there was a game, and then they moved Sunderland forward by a day for the TV. Right, yeah, it was the one nil, and that was a really quick turnover as well. So it just it, it just goes to show you, it's something he's going to have to deal with, of course. It was interesting that he, he used the the scenario of these games and the festive schedule, if you like, to 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 without expressly saying it, but he pretty much did blame it for England's uh, dire <laughs> yeah, performances yeah. in in summer tournaments. And uh, this great phrase he used, James, of, uh, I'll tell you what we're doing in these other countries, we're sat with our feet up. Uh, they're all sat with their feet up watching English football on the telly. Um, now, you know, there's lots of fans who'd say, you know what, don't mess with our festive programme, That's it's absolutely dear to me, and if it means England are rubbish in tournaments in the summer, well... To be honest, I'm not really bothered. Um, ultimately, I'd rather go to the game. But we're, we're, we're losing out on a Boxing Day game this year, which a lot of fans yeah, will be disappointed And no New Year's by. Day game either. So you think, you know, tradition's pretty much gone out the window on, the, on both, you know, both of those days that traditionally you'd go and you'd watch the game or have your feet up watching the game. It's not there. Um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem right. Um, you know, I think obviously the winter break thing is a, you know, a different argument altogether, but... You know, I think whenever Klopp, Klopp, Klopp spoke about it a number of times last season, I think he he never really kind of uh, expanded on his thoughts because I think he didn't want to be seen as you know the coach who would come to England and then was going to tell you how you should organise your, your your sport and all the rest of it. But um, yeah, it's you know it's it's just you know, it's never ending cycle, aren't we, of England failing at major tournaments and then people saying it's because of a winter break should we have one? Well, and then they all argue about it and nothing gets done. 
Um, you know, I think there was some talk a few months ago there is going to be some kind of winter break that comes in, in the next few years. But as we know, money talks in football, and you know the reason that you know the, obviously the TV companies now call the shots, and that is why Liverpool are, are faced with such a ridiculous schedule over that New Year period. The thing that gets me is that there's no World Cup, there's no um, Euros. There's the, the only thing that's happening is the Confederations Cup, which obviously doesn't have any impact. So why why does the, the the calendar seem so bunched? Because there's a there's a whole load of midweek games once you get past into into twenty seventeen. I think they play Chelsea midweek. I think they play. Uh, got a, uh, I think they play Middlesbrough just before the New Year um, on the fourteenth of December. They've got maybe Bournemouth for home midweek as well, and and, and then obviously uh, uh, like sort of around that Christmas time they've all bunched up and they've got a game on the thirty first and the second. That's for everyone. I just I don't understand how this computer figures it out yeah. half the time because it seems very very strange. You can only think, given that Liverpool's fixture list overall we've spoken about before gives them you know every chance this year because of you know the lack of European games. You can only think that there's going to be a lot of weeks somewhere in the calendar where we are going to have a week to prepare. Mm. You know, given these they're piling them in over Christmas and New Year. The, you talk about these midweek games, Christian. There's got to be a stage, you know, maybe March or April time where Liverpool are going to have. Should be sat with their feet up for a, for a, for a week ahead of each game, and uh, hopefully can take advantage. Um, the other big news today, if it if it's still big news, I don't know if it is, but uh, Jurgen Klopp manager of the month. Um, Christian, we were talking around the desk earlier, and we couldn't quite work out if there's still a manager of the month curse or not, and we uh, haven't had time to do no. the research. So maybe someone, if anyone knows out there on the stats of how managers do straight after winning manager of the month, let us know. But uh, couldn't argue with the September that uh, that Liverpool had and deserving the award. No, and you know Klopp was spot on with what he said in terms of it's a reflection on you know that we've had a good start. I mean, I think if you would have said looking at that start, that Jurgen Klopp would have been named manager of the month in either of the first two months, you would have had a little funny look at them because you know it was a very 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 hard start, and it's just testament really. So the last person to get it was uh, Brendan Rodgers. He got two back in uh, 2013-14. We all know how that season nearly ended up. Um, I think he got it in August because obviously Liverpool won those three one nil wins on the bounce, and then he got it in March when Liverpool really started to turn the screw. I mean, it's 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 one of the, it's one of those weird uh, awards, isn't it, where you're not quite sure how much stock to put into them because you don't know who's on the panel. And and you know, I was looking through that, and uh, David Moyes is actually third on the all time list, which is just absolutely baffling when you think about it because he's won absolutely nothing so how he's managed to get 10 of those awards I don't know um, but yeah you know it's, it's it's a nice it's a nice thing I'm sure Klopp would prefer to stay off the line like in that sense and it's a shame Lallana didn't get the, the player one I was surprised Son got it I thought the Bruyne was a shoo considering how brilliant he was in September but you know it, it only reflects well in Liverpool doesn't it and you know it's it's it's, it's good, for, uh, good for Klopp it's good that he's finally got that recognition Piercy, it's probably Christian mentioned the fact we've only won it. Um, this is our third in the last seven seven, seven years, yeah. and that's probably an indication of a lack of consistency in yeah. Liverpool performances. Or, or as someone said to me on Twitter, consistency and not being very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Rogers won it twice in the same season, didn't he? I think yeah. he won it at the start of the title challenges season, and then the March. Yeah. Um, and then you know, and then you said, "Is it jinx?" I was looking back, and I think two days after. Rogers won it um, in that April when it was awarded. Um, Liverpool beat Man City at Anfield, so no, at, yeah, no that could be, a, could, could be a good omen. The fact that a few days after Liverpool, a Liverpool manager last had that trophy, a Manchester opposition came to Anfield and were beaten. So 
Let's hope for more of the same. You'll take anything, won't you? Yeah. <laughs> we should mention that going back to Monday's game. Obviously, both clubs have issued a statement, um, hopeful of of some of the more um, disappointing chanting uh, not happening and, uh, and warning fans to be on their best behaviour. It's, it's the nature of this fixture, James. I remember going across to the uh, Europa League game at Old Trafford last season in March, and uh, we were the bridge. we were greeted by this banner being unfurled on the bridge. Uh, we don't need to mention the contents. I'm sure everybody knows. So. Um, it, you, you've got to say well done to both clubs for taking that action. You can only hope that it has some effect. Though I think we're all aware of the, you know, it's almost impossible to stop some idiots being idiots. Yeah, but I, I think you're right. It's good. You have to take your hat off to both clubs. It's good that they've cooperated on this, been proactive because they, you know, they, it is an issue that you can't just turn your back to. It has to be addressed. And you know, I think they've. The warning is stark in that for any idiots who, who think that it is acceptable to chant about tragedies, either set of fans that you know they'll be, you know they've got CCTV and they'll have stewards and police on the game who will hopefully deal with them and, and throw them out and, and bans will follow because I think that's the the main thing is let's just hope that you know come late Monday night and Tuesday morning we're we're talking about what has happened on the pitch um, rather than what's happened off it and hopefully. You know, what has happened on the pitch for the right reasons as well because I think I suppose the other issue around the game is obviously the appointment of Anthony Taylor the you know a great to Manchester a ref and you know people will jump on that and you know I think it's a bit of a strange appointment when you think of the other um, referees who could have done it yet you know Taylor has done numerous United and City games previously so you know I, th- I think it's you know I think too much can be made of that um, so let's just hope that you know it's it's remembered for all the right reasons rather than any any wrong ones Christian, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up there, but I'll, I'll ask you guys, uh, I'll give James 10 seconds warning, but I'm going to ask for a prediction for uh, Monday night, just so we can uh, go through them next week and uh, make everybody look an idiot. Uh, Liverpool for Manchester United 2. Well, it's a goal fest for Christian Walsh, Piercy? Uh Liverpool 2, United 1. And I'm going to go, I think this uh, this week of working with the defence, I know it's a, a bold call, but I'm going clean for... Clean sheet. I'm going for the clean <laughs> sheet. Uh, it has to happen sometime. Just before you... Just the, the point we made as well, that all of the defence, the back five, if, if he keeps the back five from Swansea, will have, um, will have had the entire international Absolutely, break this is this is my theory on this, and I th- hopefully, you know, you can never tell with an individual bit of brilliance from the likes of Ibrahimovic, but I'm, I'm, I'm going for Liverpool to dominate the ball, and I think hopefully they can deal with the United threat, so 2-0 Liverpool for me, get on that, and uh, hopefully we'll be back um, Tuesday to talk about what should be a thrilling game of football. Uh, thanks for listening this week, cheers.